Welcome to episode 211 of Destination Linux. Whether you're brand new to the open source or a guru of sudo, this is the podcast for you. My name is Michael, and with me today are the top Game Stocks, uh, GameStop stock advisors to Reddit, yeah. Noah, Jill, and Ryan's. <laughs> Diamond <laughs> hands. To the moon. But, but I'm not a shark. <laughs> hey, look at this. Look at this mug, Michael. Look at this mug. Nice. <laughs> Diamond hands right there. Of course. There we of go, course. Ryan. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, anyway, so, um, you know, we, we, we have a lot of uh, messages and stuff from the community about like starting their own business and what to do inside of that. So, you know, we just wanted to talk about that. And this week we're going to give is have a, some fun and play out our own startup company using only open source software. Whether you have your own business or plan to start one in the future, this is the segment for you that you don't want to miss. We're also covering a new decentralized app that's made its way to the market. And we'll be covering the pseudo vulnerability that hits every major Linux distro out there, so you definitely want to uh, stick around for that. And we also have tips, tricks, and software picks, of course, all this and so much more coming up right now on Destination Linux. This week, we've got a great show for you, but before we get into it, we'll have a quick PSA for you about the sudo vulnerability that happened this week. And this issue affects just about every Linux distribution, so you definitely want to uh, listen it up because the version number for each of the distros is different for the patch. So you need to check out the article that was written on Front Page Linux by uh, the uh, Eric, the IT guy from the Pseudo Show. Uh, he talked about the uh, the, the over, overall thing, explaining what happened with the vulnerability, and also there is a table that lists what version number you need to check to see if you have for your individual distribution. They're, all the major distros are listed there because unfortunately they're all different so the the normal thing as you see in the most blog post is not going to be accurate to most people so be sure to check that out and we'll, and there's also a links to get more details depending on what version of the district you have so be sure to check that out so you go to frontpagelinux.com and you can see that article and info but i just got to stop for a second on this psa and say for 10 years this has existed i mean <laughs> yeah for 10 <laughs> Years? Well, I mean, ten years. It was there that they. It was discovered, and then the same day it was fixed. But it was there technically that people didn't know about it for ten years. Yes. So we've got the smash your keyboard, get past pseudo bug that was fixed, and now we have the no. You pass the screen, pass the screen locker thing. Oh, pass the screen locker. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So All it's, right. It's a little different. There have been it bugs. Was, it in was the a past. dude and his kids that that eventually got this uh, got this cracking right. Well, for the screensaver thing, but the pseudo thing was by Qualys Inc. They they figured it out right. and did a bunch of stuff. But this is, you know, uh, the information about what you need to do is on frontpagelinux.com. So check that out and you will you should be good to go. You probably already have the update and everything is probably already fixed. Uh, if you have an update, you definitely should do it like right now. Patch your system. Yeah, you should definitely patch your system. But the, the full details are on frontpagelinux.com. Very cool. Yay. This week, we received an email from Joel. Joel writes in and says, Howdy, from Dallas, from Texas, dealing quad force. Lately, I've been working with my uncle and grandfather, both professional programmers, on a hobby project, a simple budgeting app for 
tracking finances. It's written in JavaScript with S-V-E-L-T-E framework. Recently, we've started looking at how to synchronize data between different devices. We've made cursory brushes over AWS, Azure, Firebase, etc. And of course, DigitalOcean is an option, though we haven't looked into that in detail. Anyway, I was wondering if there's any way to sync the data in some form of matrix. Clearly, using a chat app to sync data is not a good idea. But I wondered if the idea of using a decentralized method of communication had any merit, obviously. This is Noah's area of expertise, and Jill with enough computers to start her own cloud company, and Ryan does a lot of stu- Oh, wait, that's Michael. Never mind. Anyway, good job at the NSA. Keep up the good work and long active sitting because it helps you live longer, I guess. Joel. <laughs> uh, I like thanks, Joel. Joel. Yep. Yeah, yes. <laughs> He's awesome. Thanks, Joel, for writing in. I, I, I guess let's start here. Yes, you can sync messages across Matrix. And indeed, there are certain... One of the reasons that the Matrix protocol was written to be simplistic and to be understandable by anybody and use already established transport stuff is because uh, it works and it it, it accomplishes the job. And so certainly, we featured an app on Ask Noah last week that is called Delta Chat. Delta Chat is essentially Telegram, but it uses email as the back end. So you send email messages back and forth, but it obviously only uses the body. And presents it in the chat bubble style that you would present that you would expect from, you know, a signal or wire or telegram, those kinds of things. And so those simple types of protocols, because they're so well understood and because they're so prolific, um, can be used for all sorts of different things. And indeed, if you look at any ticketing system, a lot of the uh, push notification systems that is used by a lot of places is email. Uh, a lot of the alerting systems that we use at the radio station to tell us when a transmitter is off the air is by email because it's a it's a universal protocol. Uh, And so certainly you could adapt that for 2021 and say, I'm going to do this with matrix. Now there is, I did a little bit of digging and there is a project that, uh, that, that somebody in the matrix community has written. uh, And it's basically a, a very CLI based uh, simple script for generating matrix payloads. And so the idea is you run the script and, 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 pass through whatever message you want. And that message payload can be delivered in any way you want it to be delivered. So it can be delivered to a chat. Uh, you, they, There are other projects that present it in the way of like a web UI, like as if it were Twitter or Facebook or those kinds of things. Um, and so, yeah, there, there's a whole bunch of people that are experimenting with just that. Now, like you say, you're not going to get a lot of support um, from matrix proper when that's not the direction they're going, right? They're building a messaging app. And so to the extent that your payload is messages, then it will work well. And to the extent that you want to expand beyond messages, it may not work well. Um, But certainly a great way to get started. And yeah, you can down, the nice thing about matrix is you can just go download the script, write your script to say, here's the, here's the thing I want to deliver. I want to trans transfer from this place to this place and let matrix handle the rest for you. What what do you guys think? Well, there's other protocols out there that Jill and I were discussing before the mm-hmm. show that you could use in place of this that exists that are also decentralized. And because sure. I love the idea, by the way, what you're saying about go out there, play, tweak, make some fun things. But he's talking about financial data. And I feel like you want to use something that's really made in my mind. If, if you're serious about creating a financial app like that, that's made for moving files and things like maybe IPFS or some type of BitTorrent type scenario. Jill, what was the one that you recommended? Yeah, sync thing. Um, I really like that because it is based off the BitTorrent network and it's been around for years. It was one of the first to allow you to share. So what's cool is obviously with everything in Linux and Noah was the perfect person to address this question to, yes, you can do it, but I think there's probably better 
options out there for file sharing, especially if you're dealing with something serious. But if you're just playing, then now, sure, why it, not? Is it file sharing or is he just so? For example, you know, if the if if it was, hey, we have these Excel sheets that we move across from point A to point B, I would entirely agree with you. You know, C file or sync thing or something like that. However, if you're writing an app and I, you know, I go into the grocery store and I say I spent $26.95. I put $26.95 and then it asks me for the next field, says, What'd you buy? And I say, I bought uh, you know, a case of bubbly, and then I and that was it, because that's that's cost $26.50. So I I I put that into my little app and I I track that as a budget item. You know, if it's two or three pieces of text and the goal is to get that information in an encrypted form from a, a, a mobile app over to yeah. a backend server, and then we're going to do something with it or display it in a different way or whatever, you know, again, I, you get the encryption built in by Matrix, you get the message built in by Matrix. It's definitely secure. Is not, yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's yeah, I, it would depend on what your app is doing. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Joel, thank you for sending in this awesome question. And I'm so happy uh, Noah was here to help answer this one. And we love hearing from our worldwide community. So what we want you to do is get your official DLN mug. You have to have one of those. If you don't, uh, you got to ask we yourself what you're doing with your life. Yeah. <laughs> Coffee is not as good without that mug. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Been scientifically proven by DL scientists. Fill it with some coffee. Sit down on the nearest stool and send us an email to comments at destinationlinux.org. And if you want to join the community discussions like this one, then join the DLN forum by going to dlnforum.com, where you can say things like diamond hands and to the moon for GME stock. Naturally. This episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean <laughs> recently announced their new app platform service, which is a solution to build modern cloud native apps. Now, their app platform means that you can scale and build your apps quickly and easily using their intuitive dashboard, using the API, using GitHub, GitLab. All of those things come together to mean that you write the code one time and put it up on a, on a repository. And then there is no more hiring a DevOps guy to go translate your developer into a system administrator and then hiring a system administrator. to do No, none of that. Just log into DigitalOcean, create an account. They have support for Node.js, Python, Go, PHP, Ruby, static sites, Docker, and container images. DigitalOcean runs their own app platform on their own infrastructure, so your costs are significantly lower than with other products. Plus, they built this new app platform on top of DigitalOcean Kubernetes, providing a smoother migration path so you can take control of your infrastructure. Now, it gets even better. Because ordinarily, you'd have to go and you'd have to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to take advantage of all of this. But guess what? As a listener of Destination Linux, we are going to reduce the price to free. You're going to get started for free, better than free, because we're going to give you money to spend. Get that? Listen to the show. Well, get who's money. paying get for money. all this? Listen we're giving the them money? DigitalOcean is paying for this because Man, they want those are to nice thank guys. people for listening to the show, and they want to they want to know that those people are getting useful and valuable insight into the Linux community I Love it from love our it. podcast. So when you listen to Destination Linux, you get 100 bucks. You get 100 bucks, you can go buy $100 worth of servers. You buy $100 worth of servers, you can make millions of dollars if you do it right. Again, go to do.co slash DLN to get started with a $100 free credit on DigitalOcean's new app platform. And a huge thanks to DigitalOcean for continuing to sponsor Destination Linux. So we've received comments on the videos, on the forums, and emails about tips for using open source in business in a business method. So whether they wanted to start a business or whether they wanted to apply it to their existing business, they've asked us for a variety of different things related to like financial software, inventory management, point of sale, all, all sorts of stuff. So we felt it'd be an interesting idea to talk about this in the sense of starting your own business 
and doing like what we what could we do to make it a you know fun experiment to kind of have like an adventure in the idea of not just talking about what the particular uh, types of software there are and that sort of stuff. So we wanted to kind of do uh, I suppose we'll make a a business idea and, and the idea we came up with is Jill's Hardware Museum. So we are starting <laughs> Jill's Hardware Museum. We're turning this into a business. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so we, th- we thought it would be fun to uh, combine the skills of our host and completely deck out this imaginary startup using only open source tools. So let's just jump into it. And uh, naturally, we know this is going to be a huge success because it is Jill's Harder Museum. <laughs> uh, because like who, uh, who wouldn't want to go there and just spend every day checking out all of the awesome hardware that she has? Uh, I know I personally would. <laughs> Absolutely. I think this is going to be a, an awesome discovery of what tools people would use here. And when I was going mm-hmm. through this building out Jill's business, it amazed me that every segment I could think of of things you would need in a startup, you could cover in open source. But what was more interesting mm-hmm. is the amount of money you would save doing a startup. A lot of people now with the economy and things going on are thinking about starting their own business, but those upstart costs can really get you starting in the negative right away. But with open source, you actually have a path to do that for far, far less. So to start an imaginary business, which I hope actually turns into a world business, real (laughs) business one day, Jill's Hardware Museum, we need, of course, a back office desktop OS that we're all going to use. We need financial software. We need inventory management because we're going to sell penguins because Jill, you have too many. Sorry. (laughs) You have an overflow of penguins. (laughs) We're going to need to be able to write office documents. We need our art design and marketing materials we're going to need created. We need a point of sale system because people are going to want the drinks. We're going to have penguin, you know, cups, souvenir cups and stuff that cost $18 and of course, for deal soda. And dealing mugs because that's going to have, Absolutely. you know, all of the yeah. coffee and stuff like there. We're going to have our own custom <laughs> coffee inside of this museum, of course. That's right. You've got employee internal and external chat system that we're going to need, a website development software, a security system because everyone's... Uh, go on to make sure that nobody takes anything from Jill's museum here, right? We don't want yes. him taking one of your 3,000-pound servers and walking out the front door with it without, without us knowing that. Yeah, the PDP-11 or something. You don't want to get take that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody can just walk right out with that. Um, digital signage and backup and database software, of course. Okay, so here's where the fun begins. Jill, since this is your business, you're obviously the CEO what are some of the software that you thought of here that you would use in your startup? <laughs> well, I've been using uh, Teleco for years to catalog all my computer hardware. It's a uh, an yeah. awesome open source KDE-based software. <laughs> Look at that. That's a cool <laughs> system there. Yeah. That's you a- remember this is yes. my Qrium I, I showed on Destination Linux 187 when I was a guest. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Love it. My little hot rod computer. That, for those who are not aware, that was the first ever uh, Jill's treasure hunt. So you definitely check yeah. it out. <laughs> that was so, so cool. <laughs> and what was the but, software you said you used to manage the inventory? Uh, Teleco. 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 It's uh, um, uh, KDE-based yeah, cataloging a- software from everything from you know yep. movies to comics. And I use it. I have a custom template I use for my, my hardware. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I was thinking, um, Ryan had some good ideas about this too, but inventory management software for business, I liked rack tables because mm. that made sense for a computer hardware business and museum. So I can track all my hardware and all the shelves and 
Udu and fishbowl for when I make it big. Of course you are. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and so for those of you out there who don't know, fishbowl bowl is uh, used by uh, Amazon. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm never going to make it that way. Not, well, maybe, Listen, it's it's all about attitude. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, when you think about the GameStop stock, when we start selling stock in Jill's museum, we could have like an $800... Uh, valuation here um, right on, on our stock price but sure. i was thinking obviously for a back office os fedora and lots of raspberry pies and you'll understand why all the raspberry pies in yes. a minute so i'd have all the desktops <laughs> decked out with fedora of course for our back office staff the raspberry pies we'll use in some of these software that I, some of the software i talk about here but when you talked about point of sale and inventory management there was a project i found called unicenta u-n-i-c-e-n-t-a and this features all kinds of things from your inventory management, your sales management, your employee time management, supply management, barcode scanning integration. So when we're selling all the souvenirs to people here, this was a really cool open source software that I found. And I actually downloaded it to make sure that what they were claiming they could do, you could actually do with this very easy interface to get set up. You have some costs and things as you do start adding in add-ons. Of course, they've got to find a way to, to, to make money and things on it. But I thought, what a great tool to kick off because it has so many things built in this small business here. Yeah. And also, you know, those that was when when I went and looked at Unicenta, I was really impressed, right? That was good, good pick. Yeah, that will be very helpful. And I was also, I also listed a Caden Live because I'm going to need to edit mm. promotional videos and do virtual walkthroughs. We do that at museums. In fact, I've been a curator at a museum before, nice. <laughs> and so had to had to take care of. Yeah, you got a, a preview on the a preview on the website, and they can kind of like check it out before they get there. And then like, what yeah. could you see and what could you experience? And you got to give them a little bit of a taste of that. I I like that, and I I think they, I think Unicenta is pretty interesting, and I also think that there's other uh, options for like a CRM, like there's a cool bunch of cool CRM mm. stuff. Uh, there was one yes. I think that's really interesting. It's called Sweet CRM, spelled like uh, hotel suite. Uh, so, <laughs> that, but it's it's really interesting. It's like a it's a fork of a one a really known like well popular one called a Sugar CRM. And uh, a long time ago, Sugar decided to stop being cool and wanted and went proprietary. And Sweet decided to fork the entire existence of Sugar and create Sweet because it's like no 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 you you there's because open source is so fantastic, we're going to keep this a thing. And that is where Sweet comes from. So if for things are like, it has inventory management, uh, 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 contact leads and stuff like mm. that. And it's a very it's a very cool thing for, so I'd say in my, my pick for that sort of stuff in a CRM, uh, like a customer relationship management, for those who don't know what that means, uh, Sweet CRM is really cool. Interesting. Oh, and what, awesome. does a, what does a CRM allow you to do? What relationship management system? Well, it's, it's the main thing is it's just a better, it's a way to organize your leads and your clients. So that you can tell like when you get new, new customers, you can keep track of like whether they are someone who is a prospect to become a customer or they actually became one. And then you also can associate that to, uh, for example, the inventory structure is be able to associate that for products. Uh, like what that person that person purchased it and you can then do reports to see like how many people like this product and that sort of stuff and that's the reason why the CRM is cool is because it has this uh, full scale structure of keeping the data that you that is valuable to like how people are appreciating your services or your products and then having reports that gives you details about all the different pieces and different variables however you want to do it and whether you want to see like the 
how popular a product is or how many customers you have in a particular area or something like that. CRMs are a great way to do that because it's it's just a good organizational tool, really. Very nice. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Noah, you have any thoughts here on this the, section? The, of- only thing, the only thing I would I would add to that is, yes, it helps keep track of sales and make sure things don't fall through the crack. But the other thing it's really good for is we use our CRM all the time to understand where our shortcomings are as a company are because what it tells us is, hey, this person reached out to us for help. This is how long it took us to get back to them. This is how long it took us to ultimately resolve their issue. This is how long it, this is how many different people were involved. Maybe if we took a different oh, yeah. path, you know, and so the, this person comes in and, you know, that we actually hired somebody over that because we realized that we were missing uh, some smaller stuff. And it, hey, you know, if we had somebody that was dealing with these level one issues and sorting this, that, or the other out, when nice. it gets over here, it would be a much more streamlined process. And so the CRM has, has helped us wrap our head around that. I'm not sure we would have been able to do that if you couldn't keep track of the, that kind of productivity inside of software. Oh yeah. And it's, it's actually, Mm. it's something that's a great point. And it also is a thing that you can use to see like going back to find like customers who haven't, you haven't spoken to in six months and be able to like reconnect with them and see if there's any help. Like you could just provide a proactive thing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like, Hey, why, why have you not, we got some new hardware. I mean, relatively new (laughs) because it's a museum, but you know, anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So I will also need an online merch store as well as an in-house museum store with like, Mm -hmm. like Michael and Ryan were saying with lots of plush penguins and (laughs) t-shirts, my logo on them. And we can use cafe press or Teespring, or, you know, maybe we have to go to Shopify. (laughs) That, that is a thing. (laughs) Yeah. That certainly brings down the cost when you're dealing with getting product out there really quickly is to use somebody who kind of does the direct ship and things like that. Yeah. out there you mm-hmm. know for me in the art and design department because we're going to want to have some of these t-shirts designed and things of course we'll make michael do that with all his naturally. Free time naturally i was before, thinking before, before we move before we move on to graphic okay. design I just one other thing just as far as shops go have you ever heard of press the shop mm-hmm. press the shop uh, is pretty nice there's oh, also yeah, uh, yeah. for those nice. who want a store option press the shop uh, uh open cart and also woocommerce for those who like oh, WordPress. Mm-hmm. perfect mm-hmm. those are good awesome. options very cool. good, Noah. <laughs> and what is cool is I already have some retro POS systems we can use. <laughs> and why not use them? <laughs> so we don't need to buy those. Yep. So our and museum's going to use the old point of sale. Yes, I love like it. it. I like it. To. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> we, we're legit. You know, we got to show it. And, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so here is a POS keyboard, <laughs> you know, with the, the trackpad on there. Nice. Nice. And um, the POS is... part cracks me up because it just means something else in my mind. But yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, point of sale. Point of sale. Yep. Yep. Point of sale. So this is you know what your cashiers would 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 use to check out, uh, and with the we could use in the store with merch or a way to take donations or we have we might have a fee eventually a small fee to enter the museum but i think sure. i want to keep it on a donation basis so we need a tip jar as well yeah that's there you go <laughs> but here is this is actually a vintage uh, pos system made by liberty it's actually a penny nice. and two nice. but it is one of the very the smallest penny and twos ever made so mm. and there's a lot more special things about this computer, which I was going to show on a future treasure hunt. Ooh, <laughs> nice. I'm lo- looking forward to that. And also we're able to store so much on that floppy drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did pu- put a much bigger hard drive in it. 
So I look forward to that one for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Michael, we're going to arm you in our art department. Oh, yeah. I was going to arm you with Krita and Gimp. Yes. Yeah. Those were the tools you were going to use to create our new T-shirts and stuff. Yeah. I think that I'm happy to use all the the options we have. I think Krita, uh, even also Inkscape. I think both of those yes, are fantastic absolutely. software. So uh, this is those are great options. And if you want to get into art in terms of open source, you should definitely check out both of those. They are absolutely awesome. So uh, yeah, so I'm I'm happy to have more things to do in the museum, Ryan. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> now, Noah, I needed your help with this next one because mm-hmm. I was thinking about we're not going to have phone lines that are going to be ringing off the hook and answering questions <laughs> there. We're going to do our support online because we're, we're a 21st century business here. We need to have online sure. support. Unless we get so some we, vintage phones then. That, you yeah. know, well, <laughs> in, internally, we're going to use Matrix, of course, to communicate to all of our employees okay. and things like that. But can I create a front end where some, a customer can come onto the website with Matrix and just chat with us? Without having to log in necessarily, just come chat and say, hey, I've got an issue. You sold me a ticket or I bought a ticket outside from the scalper and it's not working. Help. Or like a live support and, chat system. That would yeah, be cool. Yeah, a live support chat. Can you do that with Matrix? So not today. How? Well, I shouldn't say that. The technology exists. Of course, you can build something to do it today. It The very, very beginnings of that do exist in an internal project that we've been working on that we thought was going to take us six months to do. It looks like it's going to take nine or 12 months to do. Um, but uh, hopefully within the next month or two, we've, that project will be wrapped up. And you will actually see that when you go to asknoahshow.com. You'll actually see the little ability to pop up and join a chat without creating an account. Matrix does not require authentication to send a payload. Um, and so that that flexibility in the standard means that it indeed is possible. But, you know, you got to make it look nice and you have to have uh, some, you have, you have to have, you have to have some lacquer around it so that it looks the, and, and feels the same way that all of the other pop-up chat stuff. Yeah. Works. You need but the lacquer. So the you don't look like a slacker. I see what you did there. I'm picking yeah. up what you're laying down. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it, it is certainly a possibility. And the nice thing about that is again, we're going to tell all of our employees, Hey, uh, when Google isn't screwing up, um, you can go to the Play Store and download our work communication app. And the nice thing is when customers show up, you don't have to worry because it's just going to pop up, start a new chat with you, and you dress it there. Yeah. And believe it or not, you know, Destination Linux Network is actually a business. I know it's shocking when you see all of these amazing personalities here joking and having fun, but it's a real business. And so we've had to come and deal with a lot of these issues in building out our infrastructure. And one of the things we've moved to internally is Matrix. And I would say that our internal communication with everybody who's a part of the network internally and things has improved dramatically since moving to the system, Um, just being able to get messages and information across and build out different rooms. So I think for this museum business, utilizing Matrix to talk with our employees, see what's going on, what issues they're having, uh, send our security, which will also be Jill out if anybody's getting out of control. Um, we'll, we'll have all perfect. of that ability to communicate through Matrix right there. Yep. Yeah, that's Matrix is perfect. And don't forget, we need to hand out live Linux USB drives and or CD drives to our guests true. Uh, when they leave so that they can use live Linux on their older machines to keep them running, encourage donating, and yeah. keep them out of the landfill. <laughs> this so is necessary. We should, not hand them, we should only hand out you should only hand out drink coasters if they have a drink. Otherwise, you should get yeah, a, yeah. a flash drive. Yeah, I agree with that. 
<laughs> yeah. And of course, it actually has to be Debian-based for compatibility to, to work with all the systems, uh, uh, such as Antics, Linux, Zubuntu, Q4OS, or Slacks, or something yeah. like that. If we're talking, <laughs> if we're talking me, and I'll... I'll give you a Fedora USB. I'm stuck USB. on Fedora. I'm sorry. I yeah. Can't, uh... <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. no, I love Fedora too, but it doesn't always work on the older machines. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's fair enough. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's always Arch as well. Arch does work on old machines as well. <laughs> well, so I'm far. Yeah, Blackware. <laughs> yeah. Slackware for sure. Arch Arch yes. went to sixty four bit as well, so they're they're that's gone too. That that but, is true. You have yeah. to run an older Arch. <laughs> yeah. Now for our website development staff, which will be Michael again, um, what we're going to arm <laughs> what we're going to arm Michael with is an Atom IDE. He's going to use Atom because I just I, I love Atom. <laughs> and then, not, but okay, yeah, and he's going to use a Brian WordPress site. Yeah. Oh, okay, my bad, my bad. Yeah, so, so those will. Those will be the tools you use to develop our website. There. All right, cool, 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 cool. Uh, Adam is is okay. I'm I'm okay with that, I suppose. Uh, but uh, WordPress is also good. It actually has gotten a lot better in the recent just year. It's been you know there's it's been around for a long time, and there has been other options like there's Drupal and Joomla, and there's also mm-hmm. like static site stuff like Ghost or Grov and things like that. And there's a ton of really cool options for the for websites uh but i've actually sort of recently started getting into wordpress more because of uh there's a lot of plugins i found that were really cool uh but the main thing is is that the latest versions of wordpress introduced auto updating of like the the system itself has had auto updating for a little while but they introduced auto updating for themes and plugins and that is fantastic so that's something that a lot of people have wanted for a very long time so you don't have to go in and just click the you know update all button you just automatically set it up now of course you don't want every plugin to auto update but the ones that you are like a premium plugins and stuff like that those are typically well managed and you know maintained so the updates won't break anything so on those cases that is option that's a great option so i do think wordpress Mm -hmm. is getting better and better as it goes on originally i wasn't a fan of wordpress but now uh, I'm I'm okay with it. I, I I approve your choice, Ryan. Nice, nice. <laughs> now, digital signage is a thing in that yeah, department, definitely. which Michael will also run. We need digital <laughs> signs <laughs> to be created. I'm so useful. And we need Raspberry Pis for our digital signage. <laughs> yes, and the software that I use for digital signage on Raspberry Pis is called Screenly. If you guys remember my mm. old studio where the TV in the background would flip all the different images and things of Noah's show and our shows. That was yes. all based on a tool awesome. called Screenly, which ran off a <laughs> Raspberry Pi that was attached to the back of that television. And I just Screenly ran for years without any issues. And I think it's just a fantastic project for oh, digital signage that we'll have everywhere Perfect. out there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we need actually businesses to promote, uh, to donate old computers to, like Free Geek um, and there Kids on Computers. So nice, we, nice. we need to, you know, because there's not all the computers, you, you know, are, are truly vintage or retro for my museum. Right. So, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, we, so we need to donate those to other places that could use them. Yeah. And we don't want to just, you know, trash them because that one that's wasting and putting in landfill. And also exactly. th- there's there's always something you can do with anything with some with any kind of hardware you you have. And for example, Jill has shown multiple occasions where she's using something you wouldn't think she would. And she totally is. Yeah. <laughs> 
Here's my problem so far with Jill's business. Everything's running spectacularly, but mm-hmm. Jill's saying we're donation only for our tickets. I think Jill's going to give away most of the drinks. She wants to <laughs> donate a lot of the hardware. The problem is that Jill is not evil enough to make money off of it. We'll, we'll help. Have we'll to help. Somehow corrupt Jill. It's an open source museum. <laughs> <laughs> this business this business thank goodness our upfront costs won't be high because i'm not sure how long we'll be able to keep the doors open yeah thank goodness so she already has all the stuff to use to- <laughs> yeah. and we don't have to buy a point of sale five dollars yeah. for entry i think that that that's a nice price to ask there you go now, now we're starting to make some money now because there's COVID and things going on when we first open this museum we're gonna have to do some live tours and stuff instead yes. so we'll take people around and of course we can't we have to use the most popular one of the most popular open source tools out there i would say the standard for live streaming is obs so we'll be doing uh, our virtual perfect. tours through some OBS that also sounds like something i'm gonna have to do a bunch of scenes for so yes uh, that's your department yeah. as well <laughs> It's reflecting what Michael has to do for the Destination Linux Network. Poor Michael. <laughs> Actually, that is a reflection of... <laughs> kind of. Kind of. I mean, in terms of OBS, I mean, the OBS is a good thing for, for a, not only just an option for this particular business or any business that needs to do uh, live presentations because uh, OBS is a little bit heavyweight in terms of like uh, what you're going to be... Like the, the barrier to entry is kind of high. But when you want to do... Like you, you want to take it as far as you possibly can. OBS is a, the best option for that because you can. There's there's tons of plugins. There's tons of features you can do with it. And every single time we do another episode, I come up with new ideas to implement into the show. Just because OBS is that flexible and that powerful, I just never want to stop messing with it. As everybody who's uh, familiar with this show. Uh, is already aware of, and of course the hosts have, you know, pestered me about not no, doing so. Us. And uh, <laughs> us, us, we're so kind. Aww. We give things right. away. <laughs> well, well, there is something very important that's very essential that we need. We need lots of active stools for Michael to sit on. Oh no, we'll have an active stool section. <laughs> yeah, that they're... shows the progress exactly. of humanity. Yes. We used to Wait, sit on stools the in the Stone Age. Why was this stools? not considered? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. The, the, so I think, and we wouldn't we wouldn't even have chairs in this museum. It would all be stools. That's the solution, yeah. really. Exactly. Because <laughs> you don't want people hanging around, right? You, want <laughs> yes. to get them yes. you need that turnover. <laughs> you need that turnover. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I like it. That's a good plan there. Well, so, it also helps for social distancing for when we open the doors. We still, right. you know, we'll probably be having to deal with that. So move your stool so. another three feet. <laughs> Get out, of, get out of my personal space. Right. Um, the security system is one I wanted to bring up with Noah. So Noah, I spent the week looking for what a good security system I could run on some Raspberry Pis would be that is open source. I was very, very frustrated by the end of it. Um, ZoneMinder and all these tools that are out there. It's like, hey, do you want to build your own security system from scratch and build the database and manage it? And no, I don't. I just want software Mm -hmm. that turns on a camera and does security stuff. So I came across a project that finally showed me some light at the end of the tunnel called Kerberos. That's K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S dot I-O. I bought an IP camera and a POE switch so that I could power this up and utilize this software on a Raspberry Pi 
very impressed with this software so far. Good motion detection, alert systems built in so you can notify yourself on different platforms if it's detected. This would be the perfect cheap solution that I found for our security system, but this is actually an area of your expertise. So I wanted to see what you would you would use here. I uh, I have not been overly impressed, to be honest with you, with what's available in the open source realm. If you have, if you can tailor your expectations, and then it, you can probably get it to work for you. I mean, if you want, if the goal is to, I want to be able to pull cameras up and I want to be able to see them. You can get there. Where, and I, I want to be care. I want to choose my language carefully here because the, there's a lot of really hardworking people that do a lot of really good work in the open source community, but there is a standard that gets set. There is a standard of expectation that most people walking around this earth have because of things like the Nest Cam and Honeywell Link and all, and all the that big name stuff, manufacturers yeah. that, that, that come out and do these things. And so essentially here's what the user expects. They expect to go to the iTunes store or the play store. They expect to be able to download an app. They expect to be able to put in a username and password and maybe one other piece of information, but it, you better make that part easy. And then they expect to see their cameras. And if that experience can't be delivered in an open source way, then you do more harm to open source than good by trying to shoehorn a solution that didn't really belong there in the first place to, to fit. Um, and so with that context in mind, I have typically gone with surveillance station because it ties into your alarm system. It ties into your access control system. So when you beep the door, when you authenticate through the door, it automatically logs as that person is able to go in, disarms the security system, uh, flags that in the camera recording. So, you know, Hey, that person, this is when that person went in. If we need to go back and look, Hey, when did so-and-so come through the door? We go back, we, we click on that individual and then we can see the camera. We can see the access control system, what doors they went through when they went through the man trap, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, all of those things are possible today with surveillance station. You buy the, the equipment, you can buy surveillance station. It just comes with the, any Synology NVR, or, um, excuse me, NAS. And then on top of that, you have the opportunity to buy the licensing for additional cameras, which are lifetime licenses. So once you own them, even if Synology goes out of business tomorrow, all of my surveillance stations will continue to work. So I, I look at that and I say to myself, that's a reasonable compromise. It works entirely on Linux. It is Linux. Synology is Linux. It's just not open source Linux. Um, and it works better than anything out there currently does. And, the se and, and, and anything that's proprietary for me is always a placeholder. So the second that something comes up that is better or even gets to the point, I saw Blue Cherry release, is releasing a mobile app in the next few weeks. When they get there, we will evaluate it. There you go. Um, but nice. I I've got to go with what works. Yeah, no, yeah. that makes sense. Kerberos.io is the only one out of, uh, I came across multiple ones, including Blue Cherry and others. And I would start to install them and just go, what am I doing? I don't want to build the security system software myself. I just want it to run. Kerberos was the only one that was actually close to that experience where you can basically Put it on a micro SD card, stick it in your Raspberry Pi, and with a few short settings, you are up and running with a camera online that you can view um, and control that camera and do recordings and change your motion detection areas. And it had a lot of the features that I think for a small business, you could utilize this software for sure. But I think you're 100% right, Noah. After exploring this world, I was thoroughly disappointed with the solutions out there because I don't want to do all of the setup and spend four hours writing magical incantations to get a camera to link. I just want it to work. Mm -hmm. So check out Kerberos.io though, if you're interested in playing with the Raspberry Pi and some IP cameras, because this probably will be a permanent setup 
actually that I'll use in my home for right now. The chat in our patrons are talking about we need some security here, specifically yes. uh, Libra Swan <laughs> for IPsec VPN. Aww, so yes. is that is that a good recommendation for everyone there? Yes, definitely. Yeah, there's awesome. Al- there's also yeah. uh, some uh, some other comments about the uh, security aspects of being able to block uh, outside interference and attacks and that sort of stuff. And a great option for that is CrowdSec. And uh, that is a really interesting suggestion. And in, in addition to that, there's also an episode of the Pseudo Show where they interviewed the uh, the CEO of CrowdSec. So you definitely want to check that out because it's a very interesting interview. And we'll have that linked in the show notes as well. And of course, we need backup and databases running in the background. And Noah made me a huge fan of this. I can't get away from it. FreeNAS, <laughs> that's what you got to use for all of that stuff in the background. So that was my recommendation for that. FreeNAS Free oh, is, really, is really good. FreeNAS is awesome. And we can just use our, uh, I can just use one of the computers I already have for that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I like this. They consolidate. Use what you yes. got. <laughs> So another thing you want to do for the business, and I think that backups are something we should talk about in the sense of, well, you talked about free NAS, and that's the place to put the backups, but what software do you use to make those backups? And there are plenty of those. We we have a lot of options on Linux, which is awesome. And some of them have fun names like uh, Borg Backup or Bacula or Deja Dupe. <laughs> Those are fun. Yeah. Uh, there's awesome. there's also Restic. It's a, a another great option. There's actually a, a tutorial about how to use Restic on uh, frontpagelinux.com. So check that out. We'll link that in the show notes as well. And there's also ways to do stuff like if you want to build out your own backup system. There's also rsync, so you can build out this whole backup system if you want to. But I would say check out the other options like Deja, Deja Dupe. Yeah, Deja Dupe is a, is a fun name. I really like that. Uh, there's also mm-hmm. your backup and some other stuff. So uh, check those out. We'll have those links in the show notes as well. Michael will be running that department as well. <laughs> I mean, I'll set it up and then just hope it goes well. But, you know, that's about that. <laughs> or we can require Michael to use part image for everything. Do it I the like it. Way. Yes. <laughs> right. So we have nailed it all then. We are ready to open this business. We have our security in place. We have cameras in place. We have digital signage, websites, all that being done by Michael. Point of sale systems, (laughs) art and marketing, inventory management, again, all handled by Michael. Office document Mm -hmm. writing, Mm -hmm. of course. we did. I don't think we covered the office document writing. I mean, this one should be, for anybody in Linux should know, we use Nextcloud. For file storage, yeah, a I was calendar. Say Cloud. <laughs> yeah, it has deck built in for project management. We use that as a business today. So that would be what I would go for on the office document writing. Anybody have any other thoughts on that one? Uh, LibreOffice for local. There you go. It's on all the Linux distros. <laughs> yep. Good stuff. So I think we've nailed it all. We have our business. When you can you can also start? make a LibreOffice work on Nextcloud and stuff like that too. So you can have like the collaborative aspects of it. But yeah. I, but you were talking about how we have everything ready to go. And but so I think that's true in terms of the software side. We might need to work on like you know business licenses, location for the stuff. There's a little bit more that needs that. <laughs> real estate. <laughs> might be the real estate's your house. Too. Yeah, a little bit more. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I guess so. I could add yeah. on another studio. That would help. We could use your kitchen to make the food and stuff we hand out. So <laughs> save us lots of money. <laughs> but yeah, there's. I think there's a lot of great options here for people who are wanting to look into, look into uh, making their own business mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. So uh, we there's. It's possible. I think that we covered 
every facet, but it's possible that we missed mm. something. And if we did, be sure to leave a comment and let us know, and we will put it in the show notes to uh, let people know about the other options that are available in the various different uh, situations in terms of like what types of software they need and that sort of stuff. And if there's same, anything that we didn't mention on the topics we already covered and the categories we already covered, uh, be sure to leave that message as well. My job is to greet the guests. <laughs> that seems so much easier. <laughs> I want that job. Let's trade. Let's trade. No, no. <laughs> Jill's Hardware Museum's a go. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be filthy rich if Jill doesn't give it all away. <laughs> that is the task. <laughs> this episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by Bitwarden. Get started right now with your free account at bitwarden.com slash DLN. A password manager is software that allows you to have peace of mind knowing that your online accounts are secure. So how does it do, do this? Well, Securing your online accounts is very important because the best security practices for passwords is to have a different password for every account on every website that you sign up to. And sure, that makes sense as a policy, but without a password manager, that's a kind of a painful thing to do. And Bitwarden solves this, providing a bunch of tools for storing your passwords in a secured vault, auto-generating those passwords for you, and even automatically filling in those passwords on login forms so you don't have to, which is fantastic. And you can access your data across many types of devices, like your web browser, using your mobile apps, maybe using a desktop application, or even the command line if you want to do that. And Bitwarden seals all of this data in a private in the private data by doing end-to-end -end encryption before it ever leaves your device, so you know that you're the only person who has access to that data. And also, if you want to give access to other people and maybe in a, a emergency experience situation or a critical circumstance, they have a new emergency access system that allows you to give someone the ability to do that, making it like this in, is so important. So this is good. huge. So For somebody good. who has a family, if something was to happen to me and my wife needed to get into all of the different financial accounts and things like that, or just various passwords to tell people what's happening. What this system does is it allows me to set somebody else as a, I guess you call them what a proctor or something to my yeah. account. And once if, if they initiate that, once they have set that up and decided that they're going to be the proctor, if they initiate that, it gives me two days or I can set the amount of days that I want to be able to go in and access um, and tell it to stop, don't give that person access, or then it will allow them into the account so they would have those passwords and things so that they could continue taking care of things if something was to happen and I wasn't around. It's such an important mm -hmm. service that they added here, and I just want to thank them for adding it because it, yeah. it's huge. You never know what will happen tomorrow. Yeah, that is a very awesome thing to add. And also they added something else that's really cool that a lot of people have been wanting, and that's being able to use biometric authentication. So fingerprint, face recognition, and some other stuff. It's just very cool. And they added that as well uh, just recently along with the emergency access. It's it's so awesome to be to be able to use a piece of software and have a and it's being it being open source. I mean, that's right. It's one hundred percent open source software, and they just continue to make it even more awesome, which is just I love to see that kind of thing. And and in addition to being open source, they also do third-party security audits where they hire security firms to audit their code to make it as make sure it is as safe as possible for you to use. And that is another fantastic thing about Bitwarden. So go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to get started with your free account. But I think you want to check out the premium account because there's so much cool stuff in there and it only starts at less than a dollar per month. That's right. Less than a dollar per month Amazing. will get you one gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F, Duo, the emergency access features, the vault health reports, 
Bitwarden Authenticator, Primary Customer Service, and so much more. You get all this for less than a dollar per month. So make the smart move like many from the DLN community have and go to bitwarden.com slash DLN. This lets you get peace of mind for your password and other sensitive data while also supporting a company that truly gets open source. You can uh, you can show that your appreciation for them supporting open source and supporting the Destination Linux podcast. Go to bitwarden.com slash DLN and get started. And thanks again to Bitwarden for sponsoring Destination Linux. Okay, this is really cool. So last week on Destination Linux, we talked about what is the decentralized Fediverse and why does it matter? Well, this week, there is a new decentralized social media app that has popped up on our radar called Movim, M-O-V-I-M, and it means My Open Virtual Identity Manager. And it is a social and chat platform that is built on top of the XMPP network. I feel like I've heard about XMPP before. I feel like this has been around. Yes, it it has. So XMPP is a popular open standards communication protocol, which allows you to exchange with other clients on all devices, such, such as with conversations on Android or Dino or Pigeon on the desktop. Yeah, there's a lot of options and there's a lot of jabber around this too. Yep. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) so a lot of (laughs) social media companies (laughs) use this in the past. Facebook used to use this. Google used to use this. Apple used to use this. Now, why did they go away from it if it's good? Or was it because they wanted to lock everybody in to just their protocol and they didn't want other APIs and services reaching out Probably to Probably the, the I think you nailed it. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's what happened. All right. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's really awesome because, again, Movem is fully compatible with the most used XMPP servers, such as eJabbered or Prosody. I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> I've not heard of that one. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. <laughs> so that that is one that's there. Yep. And... Personally, I actually had fun playing with Movem, and I installed it uh, via F-Droid on Android and joined a few of the Linux chat rooms. And it was really cool. It has a sleek, clean, and responsive interface and reminds me a lot of a cross between Matrix and Mastodon, for sure. Interesting. Like it, it looks pretty cool, and yeah. I think that the the functionality that it offers is really interesting. And in terms of like using XMPP mm. to do all of this stuff, like I knew it could do some of it, but I didn't know it could do as much as that they were using it for, which is really cool. Because yeah. XMPP has been around for a long time, and it's been used in a variety of ways. There's even a like you could use uh you could use it for encrypted messages because you can just use encryption encryption uh, like uh what's it called OTR yeah you can use OTR mm-hmm. and send that through XMPP and it works just great like that. So there are so many options and stuff like for the overall XMCP, XMPP protocol, but this Movem thing does look very nice and it looks very modern and to have yeah. a modern experience on top of XMPP, I think that is that's quite cool. It yeah. was very easy to sign up for. They have chat rooms, of course, ability to organize video conferences, so they have that built in, publish articles publicly to all the federated networks, tweak the privacy settings of your posts, talk with other mobile users across different clients, embed links, mm-hmm. explore topics with hashtags, which we know has become a thing. You got to have the hashtags in a good social uh, media site. Ability Actually. to follow a topic or publication, auto-saving drafts, supports markdown. Very cool. That was a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. (laughs) You have the 
GIFs and funny stickers and edit, delete messages, screen yes. sharing support, self-hosting option available. They kind of went through the gamut of all the features. If you were to say, I want to create a, an alternative to something like a Facebook and I want it to be completely open source and decentralized, they really checked all it. the boxes here yeah. I think, with this. And yeah, there's also cool. some other unique features. One is it has a built-in drawing program. I was playing with that. Mm. So you can send a nice uh, drawing in chat chat, or customize your pictures before sharing them. And I thought that was, you know, very helpful. And that is cool. Loved it. One of our patrons said, GIF is all we care about. And yeah. That's <laughs> yes, no, no, yes. no, 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 no. GIF it's is what we care about. GIF, GIF is what we care about. It's, GIF. GIF. it's GIF. just like GIF, the peanut butter. But it's it's it's, it's called graphic. Therefore, it's a GIF. So, you know, any, so that debate will never end. And I'm okay with that because it's always GIF. Uh, but but anyway, I said it was gift. The guy who invented it said it was gift, and there's no, still a debate. Well, he, he said it, still be wrong. He actually, wrong. he said it was gift. <laughs> unfortunately, he said it was gif, and that's why. Right, 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 right. The wrong yeah. way. He says it yeah, wrong. He yeah, says yeah, it yeah. the wrong way. The, that's the problem. He he was wrong about his own he thing. He so thinks that's he uh, yes. peanut He's mistaken. <laughs> he it's actually not. said he did that as a practical joke later when I had an interview with him. Really, well, he knew he needs, it was graphics interchange. Well, he needs to come back and fix that so we can end that debate yeah. once and for all. <laughs> yes, he does. So. But but anyway, uh, well, th there are a lot of cool things about this particular application. I just want to make sure everybody is aware that there is something else that it has that is very important that every application should have, and that is dark mode. Thank yes. you. Yes, dark mode. Thank you. <laughs> Always Michael. make it dark mode. <laughs> well, yeah. Choosy moms choose Jeff. Wow. <laughs> I was also impressed that you can. Create your own uh, blog easily by making any of your posts public on the Federated Network, which was really cool. I was playing with that. I I, I took some of the tweets we we uh, have here on the Destination Linux Network and I I put them in there and then nice. wanted to see how easy easy it was to to make a blog out of them and it's just one click. <laughs> Very cool. Really I didn't know we could do that. I just thought it was a chat message. Yeah. I didn't know we could do like a public uh, like a kind of like a mastodon yeah. sort of thing. That's interesting. It was amazing. <laughs> so go check this thing out. It might be a good social network to hang out and support. Movem, M-O-V-I-M dot E-U. Something to check out there. Another thing to check out is our gaming section in which we are going to be covering a sci-fi cyberpunk game. There can never oh, yeah. be, in my mind, <laughs> enough cyberpunk yes. games out there <laughs> in the world. This one, though, is more relaxed and laid back because it's a point-and-click adventure set in Yay. a dystopian future with very unique and beautiful, I think, art style was done in this game. So definitely oh, not yeah. pixelated or old art looking. I think it's just absolutely gorgeous. It was released on January 26. It has native Linux support, which is the most important Day one, <laughs> yes. native Linux support. This is awesome. <laughs> absolutely beautiful soundtrack in the background and again this is something you could kind of play in a relaxed environment you don't have you don't have a bunch of chaos and things going on it's more of that click and point adventure and the storyline is neo berlin 2062 tina a nine-year-old orphan lives with sam 53 her big clumsy robot guardian in a <laughs> rooftop makeshift shelter in neo berlin a dark Megalopolis, Megalopolis, right? yes. sure, yeah, Megalopolis, sure. controlled Megalopolis. by corporations, evil corporations. Oh no! So, yes, we have yes, to. We have true. to help them. We have to help them yeah. with those those evil corporations in the Megalopolis. Yeah, yep. you, you can go to one good corporation in the game, which is Jill's museum, and get help. Fantastic! <laughs> I also want a big clumsy robot guardian. Just saying, I want yes. one. We all, 
<laughs> so if you're into cyberpunk and looking for a story-driven adventure, check out Encodia. That's E-N-C-O-D-Y-A out there on Steam right now. Nice. And also check out the Spotlight this week because the Spotlight is speed crunch because why use a basic calculator when you can have a high-precision scientific calculator with fast yes. keyboard-driven user interface? Of course, you could, you absolutely should do that because you know you don't want your a standard calculator app. You want stuff like has features like on the fly calculations. Uh, Speed Crunch displays results as you type them, and it selects a partial. You can select a partial expression and then do the calculation automatically on just what you select. Very awesome. And there's also a scrollable hi- history that you can easily reference things with customizable syntax highlighting, so you can quickly spot any miscalculations. And if you prefer a GUI method, they have an optional on-screen keypad for those as well and speed crunch comes with over 80 built-in mathematical functions so you can also define your own functions as well to make even more and it's got a bunch of other really cool features including auto completion which allows you to speed up your task which is a very cool feature in a calculator because auto completion is if you're if you've done a terminal command line and stuff like that auto completion is fantastic and everything should have it that requires typing i love auto completion uh, but having a calculation that you can kind of complete your equations very cool. Uh, it's also fully keyboard friendly and it has a lot of keyboard shortcuts to speed up the task and stuff like that. So check it out. Speed Crunch, link in the show notes. And I was thinking this would be great to give to our accounting department, a.k.a. Michael, for our Wait, Jill's no, Museum business. No, no, no. I, More responsibility. No, that's okay. Responsibility <laughs> is one thing. I'm fine with doing design and website stuff and that's okay. Fair enough. But accounting, that is a mistake to have me in charge. But you'll have speed crunch to help you do the math. It doesn't matter how fast I can crunch the numbers. Me crunching the numbers is not a good idea. All right. We'll have to find somebody else. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. If you've been following our tips and tricks the past few weeks, then you know that we have been exploring Git. Now, Git is a very popular and very universal way to synchronize uh, software development config files a bunch of different things you can use git for well this week we're continuing the exploration of git commands you should be aware to get started with this powerful tool so there are many facets of git and tons of tips and tricks that you can leverage with this tool now that you've experienced some of the more basic commands with git we'll dig into where you can find more information you can do that with git help you can do git help tag g this will give you available guides for Git that will help you if you get stuck or if you want to learn something new. Once you find a guide that you want to explore, simply type Git help and then the name of the guide. So for example, Git space help slash attributes. If you've enjoyed this exploration of guilt and or Git and you are a little confused, we invite you to go back through previous weeks and check out the previous uh, previous things that we've gone through with Git. Um, they start right from the beginning. So if you want to get help, then use Git help. Get help. <laughs> and get it done. There you go. And get it done. <laughs> so a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. However you do it, we love your faces. And if you want more DL, become a patron like all of these beautiful people here with us now and get a bunch of perks like unedited versions of the show, VIP access to events, live recordings of Destination Linux every Sunday, and they get to hang out in the super secret back room that nobody else gets to the see. The recording stadium the recording stadium and yeah. they get to hang out for the after show, which is where we get Yay. more loony and crazy than <laughs> we are in the actual show. Right. Or not. Yeah. If you don't believe that it's possible. It is possible. <laughs> and in addition, guys, every Sunday at 1 PM Eastern, <laughs> we're live now live on DLNlive.com. The best part is everyone is invited to watch during the recording every week. How did I do? 
You did really good. You just forgot your bubbler. Uh, hold on, hold on. Go right now to dealinstore.com and pick up some swag. We have t-shirts, hoodie, mugs, and yes, stickers. Perfect. You'll be especially want to get a mug and hold a spice, a.k.a. No. coffee. How dare you? You can look like a pro while reading your official DLN news and official source from Page Linux. Nothing goes better with open source articles than a good cup of joe on my stool. How'd I do? I mean, you did. It, it was blood close. Blood 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 it was, was close, perfect. but you didn't pronounce that properly. But it was close. Yeah. It was close. <laughs> and are we gonna keep that? <laughs> we keep it. And we have so many amazing shows here on the Destination Linux Network. We have the Pseudo Show, the Ask Noah Show, This Week in Linux, the DOS Geek Channel, DLN Extend, Hardware Addicts, and get your game on with our latest show, GameSphere with Chris Ware. So go to destinationlinux.network and subscribe to all these shows to keep those penguins marching in the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. Uh, I can't believe we're going to keep that. All right, everybody have a great week. And remember that the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> See you next we week. We did it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>